Hello, everybody. Welcome to Unravel by Unihawk. I am your host, Arisha Villani. I am the Director of Admissions for the U.S. Um, at Unihawk, and I am joined today with Ishani, one of our Unihawk students. And uh, we're just going to be talking to you all about admissions in general, college life, life in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and so much more. So I'm going to let Ishani introduce herself now. Hi, I'm Ishani. I go to Gems Modern Academy. I like to read, write, explore, and I want to go to the UK. My dream college is Oxford, and I would ideally like to study psychology. That's awesome. Yeah. So I also studied psychology. So That's we're gonna, great. We're going to have a lot yeah. to talk about, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> um, so you're going to get a couple of different perspectives here. Ishani is a student who wants to go to college soon. I am a counselor who helps students you know, with the college process. But also, I recently graduated from college, too. I went to the US. I studied at Baylor University in Texas. I studied psychology and business. OK, so, that's great. Yeah, we can definitely have some conversations about that. And um, yeah, it's just a really cool experience, honestly, wherever you go. So I feel like um, this will be fun. So let's get started. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So this will be very conversational. So I will be asking you questions, but feel free to ask me questions, too, so we can give the listeners kind of perspectives from, oh, okay. you know, all of our expertise. OK, okay. so um, discussing fields that we want to go into, how did you pick psychology? Um, honestly, I've my entire life, I've um, been a very big fan of true crime, of basically how, uh, you know, everything in, in your human mind works. So I guess I, I pick psychology because uh, it's something that really focuses on that aspect. It focuses on what, uh, what in our mind really, um, you know, prompts us to do our actions. So I guess that's why I chose psychology as a field. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you have like a like a favorite podcast or a favorite show that really oh yeah, yeah yeah i love the beer biceps i i make sure to listen to him every single day that's amazing yeah. okay and then on tiktok do you see those true crime documentaries yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. very fun yeah um yeah i really love psychology and the way i got into it was Grey's anatomy unfortunately <laughs> but it's so interesting because you know it um really shows you that the medical field there's mm-hmm, so much to do mm-hmm. with it so you can go into the psychiatry psychology aspect yeah. of it then you can also go into forensics which yeah. is what you're obviously looking yeah. at and you can go into counseling which is what i'm doing right now right okay. so there's so many different pathways which mm-hmm. i think is so amazing yeah. um so how do you feel like your Unihawk counselor kind of helped you really um, engage with the psychology field in general? Um, So I um, believe that my Unihawk counselor um, really helped me engage in psychology. Um, She's been teaching me a lot about uh, how psychology in general works, what are the various fields you can go to, how exactly to approach those fields. So um, that is something that I didn't really know how to go about previously. So she's really helped me a lot in that aspect and uh, how exactly to choose a field in psychology that I'm extremely interested in. Yeah, that's awesome. And you go to Gems Modern where a lot of people are wanting to study a lot of different things, yeah. right? I've yeah, had a yeah. lot of students from Gems Modern too who are going to computer science or business or economics. So at, at least like, you know, from a perspective of a 15 year old, how are you and your friends going about this process? Because I'm sure your mind changes like every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So one day I want to do psychology. The other day I'm, I want to do economics. And third day I want to do something in medicine. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different show. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So um, I guess it's mostly that um, even though I have my mindset on psychology right now, it's uh, it's not set in concrete, right? So um, I guess I'm still exploring 
exploring other pathways of what I might do, what I might want to do. Uh, and I'm just keeping my mind open. So by the end, when I actually have to apply to a specific college, uh, to a specific course, um, I have all my options open and then I can really just um, see what I'm interested in and, you know, go about it that way. Definitely. So it's really good to know also for our listeners that for the UK and Europe, you do have to kind of solidify our pathway yeah. by yeah. the time you're 17, 18, by mm-hmm. the time we're applying for college, because we're going to go into a strict yeah, field yeah. where there is a lack of flexibility in terms of switching yeah. majors, right? Um, I would like to say, like, I chose the uh, United States because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I was going to, I actually went in for biology pre-medical. So I did that for like two years. And then I realized I really didn't enjoy going to my classes. Um, I didn't enjoy physics. I didn't enjoy chemistry. But I, what I really, really enjoyed was my psychology classes. So I think that the U.S. does offer that flexibility, which is really nice. But you're going to have these next two years basically yeah. to like choose what you want to do and um, explore your classes. Do you want to tell us the classes you chose? Um, yeah, so I'm currently doing the IB curriculum. Nice. And um, so I'm going to start in uh, like this September. And my HLs are um, economics, psychology, and math AI. Um, then my SLs are health, sports, and exercise science, um, English lit, lit, uh, and Lang SL, and then German AB initial. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, so let's talk about IB for a second, yeah. because a lot of UniHawk students do IB. <laughs> yeah. I did IB. It's very intense, right? Yeah. So what are some questions maybe you have about the IB system? I just um, did it also. I think how do you manage it all because they're like I feel when you're studying an IB curriculum you see two kinds of people right you see the ones who are like making TikToks about how hard IB is uh-huh. and spending their time doing that yes. and then there's uh, they're the ones who are actually studying and um, you know doing all of that yeah. so like which one is true? Have you succeed? Yeah, how do you succeed more or less? Yeah, definitely. Um, I will always tell my students, I don't think I've cried more than when I was in IV, <laughs> even more than college. IV is really intense, you mm-hmm. know? It is not easy in any way. You could try to take the easiest courses, yeah. and even then, you know, there is um, your three HLs, your three yeah. SLs, then you have extended essay, and you then, have the internal assessments, yeah. you have CAS, you have theory of knowledge, that's just a yeah. couple of things, and I'm sure I forgot a few. Yeah, and then people also take like four HLs, which exactly. is absolutely crazy. It's, it's crazy, but you know, sometimes if you can do it, why not? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always say, do as much as you can in IB. Um, it's never going to be perfect, but of course, IB really lets you find your strong suits, right? Yeah. So your HLs are the classes that you're going to be more passionate about and the classes that you're going to put more effort into because mm-hmm. you will be attending those classes more. For your SLs, you just get to learn a lot more than, you know, you normally learn so maybe you wouldn't take German if you were in the A-level system right yeah but now you get this opportunity to like mm-hmm. learn a language and it's amazing because when we go to college um, you will be able to cancel out or equalize classes when you get there so I think the idea is very hard those TikToks you've heard I agree with all of them it's mm-hmm. very very intense yeah um, but I will say that I got so many courses cut out in the US when I went there because mm-hmm. I did you know fairly well on my IB grades on my IB finals and also it just prepares you in terms of how intense it is 
it's supposed to be college level courses. Yeah. So it really prepares you for the US. So is it manageable? You have to make it manageable, right? <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. I think a big piece of advice was I'm a very social person. I don't give up like, you know, spending time with my friends. But since all of us took IB, we would spend time together, study together, and that would be our hangout, you know, instead of being able to go to the mall. So mm -hmm. we just have to give and take, but we just have to manage our time. Definitely spend equal amounts of effort for your SL classes because it's all IB points, right? So yeah. your HL classes, yes, it's worth more on your GPA, but for your um, just IB points, it's all out of 42. Yeah, of that's true, that's you know, true. Plus the three points. So I would just say that like, just manage your time, but don't give up your mental health, don't give up your friends, don't give up family time. Just be able to maybe get organized, use a planner, and um, spend time with your family and friends, but study at the same time. Okay, that's great advice. Thank yeah. Thank you. Um, so any other questions though, do, that you have about the IV system um, or even other curriculums? Honestly, not really. So uh, I actually have a question outside of the IB sure. system for you. How was college life uh, in the U.S. for you like? Yeah, so college life in the U.S. was so much fun. So I will say, so I got to also study abroad for a semester in London for six months. And it was completely different than mm -hmm. college life in the U.S. for mm -hmm. me. Um, I think IB really prepared me in terms of getting to be able to do well in my classes. It was a lot of classes that you have to take in one semester. I took six classes in a semester. Oh. So it was the same thing as IB, yeah. but I was taking it on a campus. But my mom and dad were not there to tell me to study. Mm -hmm. And my friends were taking complete opposite classes from me. They were in business majors or you know technology majors, and I was doing bio pre-med at the beginning. And so no one was really pushing me, so I had to be pushing myself. But the really fun thing was the environment around me at Baylor was pushing me at the same time. So everyone knew that I, I'm actually a very, like, I wake up very late and I sleep very late. So it's not really good habits that we want for our students, but I'm guilty to also be doing that. But I would make sure that I would study in the evening time. And then I would be able to maybe hang out with my friends and right before I start studying or maybe after I study, but I would have a designated schedule for when I had to go to the library and manage my time there. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, Baylor would just offer us things to do. They would offer us traditions of football games to go to. They would offer us spirit events. They would offer us sororities and organizations. I was um, very close to home in a way because I was a part of like the South Asian organization. So, you know, I stayed yeah. a part of that, just not feel homesick. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also joined like a sorority where I got to help with like philanthro uh, philanthropic um, activities and help um, high schools around the area. And um, I got to make really cool friends because of it. So I think it was cool because high school really got me to be able to manage college in a way. So um, how hard was it getting into a U.S. college? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I would say that even at Unihawk, what we really emphasize is like a balanced college yeah. list. We want to make sure we apply to the REACH schools that are really hard, that are our dreams, and to the target schools that really just fit into what we are right now. So, you know, if we're getting fives and sixes in IB, then maybe our target schools are going to be different than if we were getting all sevens or all fours. So target yeah. meaning, ideally, we should get into that school, right? And then safety schools. So safety schools are the schools that are a lot easier to get into. And um, they are kind of there as your safety net in case the other, you know, rankings don't work out. Um, Baylor was my target to safety school. It was not my reach school. But one thing that I really had to emphasize during my application to my counselor was that I really needed scholarship. 
So that's the way I chose my school. Okay. Baylor offered me half of tuition off. So I got 50% off of tuition. I was an international student. Um, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. It's hard to get scholarships yeah, yeah, yeah. and financial aid as like a non-citizen of mm-hmm. the country we're applying to. So um, because my focus was scholarships and Baylor offered me so much, um, it was kind of an easy choice. It was really good for what I wanted to do, which was the sciences. And then um, they provided me the financial assistance that I needed. I also became really close friends with the counselor at Baylor who um, would come to visit Dubai every single year and he would do school presentations and he would do um, he would just go around Dubai and he really took um, like he took importance in meeting me and then meeting my parents and teaching us all about Baylor and just making sure with them and to me that I would be comfortable there and because he took so much effort in getting to know me and like you know making me love the school so much the choice really felt easy. So uh, what is it about like standardized tests like uh, as a student when I research about colleges in the US um, I've been hearing a lot about standardized tests so the SATs, the ACTs, obviously the IELTS, the TOEFLs and other such tests and it's um, at one point it's uh, it was just so you know pressure uh, pressuring that I got so confused like what test do I actually need to take Um, do I need to take the SAT for every single course I'm applying for or do I just take the ACT Um, obviously I need the ILTS but you know um, that's just really um, mind-boggling in a way so I think that's one of the things that turned me away from the US but could you just shed some light on it so I want to know what do you think right now so I can kind of demystify Mm -hmm. what you think so for me it's like if you want to get into a a college in the US obviously you need to give a whole list of standardized tests so I guess it's based on your course maybe I'm not exactly too familiar with that but uh, from what I've heard the SATs are supposed to be very hard to uh, score and um, I guess yeah that's what I know yeah so there's only really the SAT slash ACT you take either one of those and then you can take a English standardized test meaning the IELTS the TOEFL or the Duolingo test IELTS and TOEFL are accepted by everybody and the Duolingo test is accepted by most schools so that one is online it's very easy compared to the other two but all three of those tests are very you know not too difficult to manage also Um, and also at Unicom obviously we support with all of those Mm -hmm. things right but in terms of understanding how important these tests are a lot of times if you are in HL English if you're taking a levels English or if you're just you know in a school that has English speaking curriculum which most of us are um, we won't even need to do those English speaking tests Um, so that kind of you know we don't really have to worry about too much but I always recommend there might just be one school at the end that's saying hey where's your TOEFL and we want it you know and we don't want to cram at the end to do those tests Mm -hmm. so I always say just do it it's very easy And um, of course, we support with the whole thing, too. So just take the test. It's just you speaking English, which, you know, you all are very confident at already. Yeah. Um, And in terms of the SAT and ACT, I will say I always recommend my students to do it. I do. Okay. But it's not the end of the world if you're not good at it. I was an IB student. I was not good at the SAT because what we learn in IB is it's essay completely writing, different. Right? It's yeah. not multiple choice testing. Um, I like to say that the SAT is a test made for students to fail. It's not because the content is hard. The content's not difficult. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing on paper. Yeah. If you just had more time, you would get a better grade. And what we teach in our classes also is just kind of how to hack the SAT. You know, like how can we take the test in that short amount of time that we have and kind of cancel out the choices rather than picking the right one. So we teach tips and tricks more than we're teaching content. Content's important, and of course we support with that too, but I always tell my students, learn the content, learn it at school, learn it through prep classes, but learn how to understand the test and go about the test. 
if you do not if you do not score within the rankings of the school, so you can go to just for example Baylor University um, SAT ranking on Google, and it'll show you what the ranking is. Let's say you have to score between a 1250 and a 1360. Let's just say that's their mm -hmm. median bracket. If you're scoring an 1100, I recommend I would not recommend that you send the SAT score. And if you are scoring higher than the bracket, of course, send it. Course. Yes. But um, if you don't score within the bracket, I think it's okay. This last application cycle with my students, a lot of them went test optional because they didn't score the SAT test they wanted. They got great scores in IB, but their SAT was not reflecting that academic excellence that they have, you know? So I told them, let's go test optional. And they got into phenomenal schools. In fact, I helped a student get into Brown also who did not submit the SAT. So I definitely would say, yes, it's important, definitely, but it's not required, it's not mandatory, and it should not be stopping you from getting into the US, okay? And for Canada, not much is required. Um, it's really just the English-speaking test. They would love the IELTS, um, and TOEFL is also accepted by some schools, and the UK, as you know, there's different tests for yeah. different courses, yeah. so that's where courses comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're doing medicine, you need the UCAT test, yeah. um, you're gonna need the IELTS for every school yeah, because yeah, you're an international obvious. student. And the only way that you would not need to take the IELTS, TOEFL, Duolingo is if you have a passport from an English-speaking country. So Ireland, Australia, America, Canada, and that applies to all of the countries. But okay. I think UK is where it's more course-specific in terms of standardized testing. Okay, so what about your extracurriculars? Because from what I've heard, the US is way more extracurricular focused yes. than uh, other countries like Canada, UK, Australia. Definitely. So in uh, Canada and UK specifically, they are definitely more uh, predicted grades heavy, just academics heavy in general. So if you're not making the grades for the cutoff, you know, you've heard the story of yeah. they got a predicted grade and then they got their offer and then they didn't meet it in the finals, right? Mm -hmm. The U.S. isn't conditional like that because they base your application off of so many parts of you. So they want to look at your extracurriculars, they want to look at your essays, they want to look at your academics, they want to look at your SAT, they want to look at anything you have, maybe awards, maybe extra courses you've done. So they just care about you as a person and as a whole rather than your academic profile only. So extracurriculars is very important because when you're doing IB and you are going to go home and you are going to study and it's going to be very long nights, they want to know that she can do volleyball on top of all that. She can do leadership on top of all that. Like she is killing it outside the classroom and inside the classroom, right? Because in your um, profile, we're not going to write, I studied for four hours in the night. <laughs> I studied for six hours in the night. You know, we can't write yeah. these things. So they know you're studying. They know, I promise. But on top of you studying, on top of you attending those really hard classes, you need to just be able to be involved. The way I go about extracurriculars is I tell my students, explore in grade nine, explore as much as you want, do 100 different activities, and in 10th grade, drop half of those. It's okay, you're not gonna like all 20 of the activities you're doing, right? In 10th grade, drop half of those and keep exploring, see what you really like. Then in 11th grade, we'll drop a couple of more and then we'll move into higher positions of our grade 10 activities. So we will have that continuation from grade nine to grade 12, but we'll keep escalating. So maybe in MUN, we start as a delegate. Then in second year, we win best speech. Then in third year, we win chair, you know? And then in the fourth year, we're hosting the MUN conference. So it's kind of just elevating in terms of what we do. So we wanna show dedication, continuation, and we wanna show passion because the US really cares about your extracurriculars. It can pick you up if your grades are not that great. 
But for the UK and for Europe and for Canada, extracurriculars are parts of your essay that goes in, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get to talk about, I want to do medicine and I've done medical insights club. I have done this really awesome internship at the hospital. So we get to say it and we get to talk about it. And in the US, there is literally a extracurricular like aspect of the common app where we have to put a certain amount of activities. So in the UK, again, more academic heavy, but extracurriculars are amazing and you should do them. Yeah. And then um, for the US, extracurriculars are like as good as your academics are. So what about uh, financial aid scholarships, yes. especially with financial aid? Do you yeah. really go for financial aid? Because like right now, when you're researching about financial aid, in my mind, it's more like a debt. It's more like a loan that, you know, yes. once you graduate, you're going to be um, you're going to have to pay that back. Yeah. And I know I've heard a lot of horror stories where people um have faced a lot of problems repaying them of course yeah definitely. so i think the one thing international students don't really have to worry about in terms of america at least is that they won't give you loans unfortunately they won't yeah. even give that to you so um scholarships are wonderful for every country because you don't really have to apply for that they give it to you on a silver platter so if you are <laughs> a good student they will hand you scholarships i didn't apply for any scholarships for baylor they said you won the dean scholarship just because of my profile and then i was really close to my counselor at Baylor over there that he said, hey, by the way, there are some internal ones you can apply to, and I'll tell you about that. But in terms of just getting the scholarship from the school, like you got full ride or you got half scholarship or whatever, they just hand it to you when you submit your application. That's all it is. So there's nothing to it. It's just if they like you, they will hand you the scholarship. That could depend on your academics. It could depend on your extracurriculars. I've had students with very weak academic scores but their essays were flawless and their extracurriculars were amazing and their profile, their interviews, everything they did was so capturing that of course they got the scholarship. So their grades didn't even matter at that point, right? So scholarships are really just handed to you and they're granted to you. There are external scholarships you can apply for. Um, again, some religious communities give out scholarships. Um, some schools give out scholarships. Um, it's just external, so wherever you can find. There's a lot of websites that allow you also to explore these scholarship options. A lot of them are for U.S. citizens or U.K. citizens or Canadian citizens. So we just have to keep that in mind as international students. I've been through the process. It's very rough, but the good thing is that schools grant scholarships, okay? Then financial aid is something different. Financial aid is when you're telling them, I cannot go to your school without money okay so with scholarships they don't know your financial status at all they're just saying you could be you know very much able to afford my school you could not be able to afford my school at all i don't know anything um but i'm going to give you money because you're awesome so that's how scholarship works but in terms of financial aid they know your status. You kind of get put into a different pile of applications. Okay. And yes, as international students, it does hinder your chances a little bit of getting into the US. And that is just a little bit of common knowledge, but it's unfortunate. But if it is what you have to do, then we have to apply. It's something called a CSS profile. It's where international students apply for financial aid. If you are American, on the other hand, you can apply for FAFSA and CSS and you are need blind, meaning they will put your application in the same pile as everyone else and they won't care that you need money. The international students are not need blind. There's a couple of schools in the US that are need blind. Harvard, Yale, um, I think Amherst College, and there should be one more. Um, like four or five schools are need blind in the US. The rest thousands are not. And in the UK and Canada, it's kind of the same way. Um, and of course, scholarships are granted there. But then in terms of getting financial aid, it's a complete different process. And so, you know, you are a lot less likely to get that aid. But again, Canada and UK might be cheaper options than the US in general for yeah. some majors. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely two different things, financial aid and scholarships, but scholarships is a gift. 
financial aid is us asking. It's kind of the bigger difference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you kind of go about, you know, this process? Because if you are wanting to get scholarship and stuff, is that kind of why you chose the UK or like, you know, what what is your thought process on that? Um, uh, yes, that was actually one of my very big reasons to choose UK because, again, uh, it's easier, um, like, sorry, as in um, education is much more cheaper there. Um, so that was one of my major reasons for choosing UK Definitely. because... Um, it's more like uh, I don't want to burden my parents with that much sure. amount of money. Exactly. So, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure a semester in the U.S. would be how much? Like, a hundred thousand dirhams, maybe? It, yeah. I mean, in dollars, it's like at least like it's like forty thousand dollars. Yeah. So maybe even more. Yeah. Um. So, what are you curious about in terms of college? I know you asked me like, how do you like give me specific questions? What do you want to know about college life? Because I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. What do you do for fun? Like, obviously, you hang out with your friends, but it's like, okay, you're in college. You're like an adult now. Yes. So, how does it differ from the, uh, from what you what do you do for fun in high school versus what do you do for fun in college? Well, I think the first thing that's really fun is you don't have curfew, and um, you know that's not to scare the parents <laughs> or anything, but it's just to say you have so much freedom in college, and I think that's like really fun. You're getting to explore the city you live in. You've never lived there before. So, let's say you go to Oxford. You've never really lived in Oxford before, right? Yeah. You've been in Dubai your whole life so being in a city and being able to explore every part of it whether that means restaurants whether that means hiking whether that means going to see your friends at an organization club so anything that you do is like a new adventure in college you know I love what I loved about my school um, is that they had a lot of traditions that we followed. So I met my best friend at something that they had a build your own crepe night. It was, you know, just something like cringy and lame that they wanted the students to be at. The thing is, at the beginning of college, everyone is very, very alone. So you're going to think everyone has a bunch of friends and everyone looks so happy and you're the only one who's like suffering inside because you're all the way from Dubai. No one and in the U.S., you know, sometimes yeah. they'll ask some funky questions to you <laughs> about not knowing where Dubai is. So you'll be, you'll feel alone a little bit. And that same thing would happen in the U.K. too, just because maybe not everyone is the same as you or in yeah. the same place as you. But I will tell you that even under those smiles, everyone's panicking a lot. It's not even a little bit. Everyone's really panicking. So how hard is it to make friends? Because like you see, you like you read stories or you go on the internet and you search up people and you have their stories about saying, oh yeah, I just met my best friend we, in a class one yes. day or we just were partners or I just randomly approached them yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so definitely. is it really that easy? It's not that easy, but it's also not that hard. So I, I am a person who loves to have a best friend with me. So I don't, even if it's not a group of friends, I love to have one best friend with me. So I was like, I got to Baylor and I was on a hunt for my best friend, right? Like every single person, I was like, you're a contender, you're a contender. Um, but again, I met my friend at these, one of these cringy traditions because none of us had anywhere to go. Okay. So right when I got there for three weeks, I was telling my parents, I was crying every day and I was telling my parents, I am transferring to Dubai. Like, I will go back. I don't like it here. I want to leave. Um, and then I went to that tradition. I built my crepe downstairs at my dorm. And um, she was sitting there too. And I met her. And she is still my best friend to this day. And it really took like three conversations for us to just become friends. We laughed at the same thing. And then we said, hey, should we go to another city together over the weekend? And we were like, yeah. And then we lived together the next year. And then the next year. And then the year after that. She was my college roommate all three years after, and um, she's still my best friend to this day. So no, it doesn't take that much time, but I will say the biggest piece of advice is go to everything. If they have really weird events that you're like, why would anyone go to this weird event? 
go to it because you might meet your friends there and um, you might meet people who feel they're forced to go to this event they're going to have a lot of very like unique opportunities for you to make friends I didn't make any friends in my classes by the way like none I met all my friends in my dorm I met all my friends in these traditions and then even in my sorority so I met them in different aspects organizations but not in my classes so you don't have to just like you know say I'm gonna go to class and I'm gonna be friends with my psych friends you don't have to I didn't have any psych friends but you will uh, you will be able to make friends all around in every part of your school. And what's the sorority life like? So is it like, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, uh, <laughs> love partying, no studying? Or is, is it more realistic, uh, what it's I think? It's very weird. It's, it's like a simulation. Like, I literally <laughs> felt like I was in dream for like two years, honestly. So if you go to Northeastern, if you go to Boston University, if you go to NYU, you're really taking advantage of New York and Boston and Pennsylvania, and you're taking advantage of the cities there.